Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with, but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is Panash Desai. He is a best-selling author, visionary, and business and life catalyst who has dedicated his life to being of service. His loving and compassionate presence and unique power of insight have transformed countless individuals, organizations, and companies across the globe. Through his gift of energetic transformation, he empowers and uplifts people with the experience of their infinite nature and the inalienable truth that you are enough. BC Nation, you are enough. We're going to talk about that today. Many of you are not feeling like that, and I get it. Since the outbreak of COVID-19, Panache has delivered free daily support and guidance through his Call to Calm meditations to more than 10,000 people worldwide. Panache has been interviewed by Oprah Winfrey on her wildly popular Super Soul Sunday show. He has collaborated alongside Deepak Chopra, steps in for Reverend Michael Beckwith at the Agape International Spiritual Center and worked with Neil Donald Walsh, Brian Wise, MD, and James Redfield. Panache's new book, You Are Enough, is already a national bestseller. You can find him at panachedesai.com. That's P-A-N-A-C-H-E-D-E-S-A-I.com. Panache Desai. Welcome to Broken Catholic. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? There aren't any. That was perfect. That was wonderful. Well done. That was, that, was the, that was absolutely succinct. You know, I like the way you just pumped up my tires. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Some good affirmations. All right. So let's start out with this. Share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. That I actually have no interest in being in business. Tell me more. That my, that my purpose in life is to actually put myself out of business. My deepest wish is to be the last person ever to have to remind people that they're enough in who they are. And by virtue of the fact that everyone's here tuning in from all over the world, my prayer and my hope for you is that you remember the light that lives inside of you, the love that lives inside of you, that is the core of who you are, and that you be freed of any forms of conditioning or programming that have led you to believe otherwise. So it is my deepest wish to make myself, this role, this message, this greater mission extinct. Now that is not something you hear every day. Now, before we went live, 
you asked how I was doing. I said, I'm blessed. And you said, you've already been blessed. Like you just realized it, it was already happening. And I was like, yeah, once I let go of the lies, but that's taken me 20, 30, 40 years to let go of that preconditioning you said. Is there a way to fast track that? Absolutely. You came from God. You are here to express God's unique potential through you in this world. Your purpose in being here is to love. And when you begin to embrace the perfection of your design, recognizing that God didn't make a mistake when you were made, you begin to end your suffering and you liberate that potential that's inside of you. And through your presence alone, you begin to uplift every single human being that you come into contact with. You see, at some point, you have to cultivate the courage to start living your life from the inside out instead of the outside in. Every voice of limitation that's been spoken over you is a voice that's been spoken over you in ignorance of one's true nature. But once you begin to understand who you are and why you are here, and you understand that your purpose is to love, all of this becomes very simple because you stop invalidating your humanity and you begin to realize that your humanity is the doorway to your divinity. That knowing yourself and loving yourself means embracing the totality of who you are, your thoughts, your feelings, what you look like, the family that you were born into, your circumstance, your situation, that none of these things are limitations unless we allow them to be. And the only reason why they've become limitations is because truths have been spoken over us that weren't truths at all. They were just perceptions. They were just distortions. They were rooted in pain. They were here to perpetuate separation. But at some point when we realize that the truth is in how we feel and that peace is the presence of God inside of us, that's the end of the whole thing. Okay, I have to push back a little here because you make it sound really simple. And I get it's simple, but it's not easy. This is why so many of us struggle with this. How do we, because I'm hearing what you're saying. You're saying you just need to realize that you are loved and now give love out into the world. You were created in love. You are made for love. Now go pour it out onto the world. How do I do that? How do we do that? When we grew up in an environment, like you said, a con of conditioning that has left us feeling broken, feeling unlovable. So the, the first thing that I want to share with everybody right now, and, and I understand what the title of the podcast is, so please excuse me, but I just want everybody to know that you're not broken, you don't need to be healed, and you don't need to be fixed. Let's just start there. And the reason why I'm saying that is because you are alive at one of the most important times in human history where all of us are coming together to remember that we are one family. That regardless of how we pray, how we worship, how we express our devotion, that truthfully we're the same. That's the first thing. The second thing is that we must at some point begin to accept who we are. The reason why we struggle, the reason why it's taken people so long to come into the fullness of themselves is because they are still in resistance of aspects of their humanity. Because we have been conditioned to believe that there's a hierarchy of human emotion, there's a hierarchy of human experience, and in order to be spiritual, in order to be expressing Christ in the world, the Christ consciousness, that pure essence of love, we have to overcome certain limitations within ourselves. Mm. And that, in and of itself, is the fallacy. You see, because we've been programmed and conditioned, we have had to buy into this notion of becoming.
of overcoming, of transforming. Not just being. Exactly. But the truth is, when I see you, I see the truth of who you are. I see through what you present to the world. I see the light that's inside of you. I see the brilliance that lives at your core. And as much as I see that in you, I see that in every single human being. So at some point, we have to let go of the notion of fixing, healing, changing, and improving, because the only reason why we believe in that narrative in the first place is because we don't feel good enough. And why don't we feel good enough? Because we are living in a world where people have been fundamentally programmed and conditioned to believe that they're broken, that there's something wrong with them, that they have to improve, that they have to transform. Once we move into the acceptance of who we are as we are, we're no longer at odds with ourselves. What does that mean? That means that all of a sudden we're in harmony with our design. We're in harmony with our humanity. And the biggest thing that people struggle with isn't their connection to God. We're all innately connected to God. That's not something that we have to make happen. <laughs> That's just innately present in all of us. What we're struggling with is all of the things that we use to disqualify our connection to God. It's all of the conditioning. It's all of the frameworks, the constructs that have been superimposed over us that lead us to disqualify our connection to God. But what I have to say to you is that there is nothing that you could ever do that would disqualify you from the love of God. There is nothing that you could ever do that would disqualify you from the love of God. That that notion in and of itself is the lie. How could you, who came from love, to be here, to be a human being, to express this evolutionary potential at this time, ever do something that was wrong? We've lived our lives in the way that we've needed to. We've gone through every aspect of life and living in order to wake up in the midst of it, in order to transform the collective experience of being human so that no other human being ever need experience what we went through. What you are is a spark of compassion. What you are is the living, breathing testament to the fact that God is real, God exists, and that God loves its creation. Because in the absence of that, you wouldn't be here. The people that are hearing my words wouldn't be here. And so what we have to do is expand our definition of God to become so inclusive that it goes beyond all of these false boundaries of separation that have been superimposed over our pristine consciousness so that we can once again just embody the truth that where we are, God is, that where we are, love is, and that once we begin to reorient our lives around that essence and around that love and around that truth, our life becomes a masterpiece. It becomes a living reflection of the power that lives at the core of every single human being. My friend, you have, your words are like silk on the ears, right? Now, what you're saying, I'm hearing, and I know my listeners are listening and they're saying, man, that just sounds so wonderful, but Panache, that doesn't look like the world I live in. I look out right now and I see rioting, mm -hmm. I see race wars, I see a pandemic that hasn't fulfilled itself yet. I see confusion. I see, yes, I'm not broken. I don't believe I'm broken, but I do realize I do have a fallen human nature that keeps blocking me from choosing that I am a son and daughter of God. And I'm blocking, as you say, God within me, living within my heart. And my brain is constantly believing the lies and the conditioning that I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. And what, what, what does that create? 
Well, it creates me wanting to go out and just get what's mine and instant gratification and somebody else will fix everything that's wrong in the world or not working at its best. So lean into that conversation, if you will, because I really want to bring it very practically into people's lives. So it's not just up here in the head and theoretical and it's like this nirvana we're painting of life. But it's really like, what do I do right here and now in my life when my life doesn't look like what you just described? When I view the world, I don't see a problem. I see a solution. I see every human being experiencing everything that they have to inside of themselves to remember the truth of who they are. Because it's the pain that separates us. It's the pain that doesn't allow you to see the truth. It's the pain. It's that which you've been taught to repress or suppress inside of you that is the only issue. You see... When you view the world with clarity, all you see is light. All you see is the absolute precision and perfection of life unfolding in every moment. Because our reality is a reflection of our own state of consciousness. Our life is a reflection of the degree to which we have loved ourselves. And so when I see what's unfolding, I see the collective shadow of humanity being brought into the forefront of who we are so that we can shine the love that is in our hearts on it and transform it forever. You see, we're living in heaven. We're living in the optimal state of being. We have access to it now. It's not a future destination. Nobody's punishing you. God doesn't have anger management issues. Nobody's being uh, in some way uh, withheld what they need in life. We're just a very immature species that's growing up. We're maturing. We're beginning to be able to flourish and live from our hearts. And so in the context of what's happening right now, the reason why all of this is happening is because America's in the midst of a spiritual reawakening. The world is in the midst of a spiritual reawakening because the answer to all of these issues that we believe we have is the remembrance of the divinity within. So if we remembered that we were divine, would, would racism exist? If we treated people with the love, respect, and dignity that they deserve to be treated with, Would we ever have any problems or issues? Or would we get on with experiencing the fullness that has been promised to us, which is our ability to flourish and thrive in every area? As it relates to being selfish and as it relates to not dealing with what you have to deal with, taking responsibility for what you have unresolved inside of you is your spiritual practice. Recognizing that the anger and the sadness and the fear that you're holding onto or the insecurity is your avenue of transformation. And here's why. Just going to paint you a picture. Let's say that you came from this infinite ocean of energy, vibration, and frequency that is God. Your choice to be here at this point in time is such a compassionate act. Through your willingness to be here, through your willingness to go through your journey, every aspect of who you are, and to live your life fully, to have the experience of being human, you are literally unwinding all of these loops and cycles that have kept us distanced from our essence. So for anyone who's struggling in any way with what's going on, just understand that the world is a reflection of you, that you are looking in the mirror, that you are seeing yourself. And the more you can embrace what is being shown to you and the more you can accept and love what is being shown to you, the more it transforms and the more the light and the love that is present in us is revealed. And I know it sounds radical for most of you that are watching this right now or listening to this, but I just want you to know that it begins with the acceptance of your humanity, 
The acceptance of your humanity allows you to accept the humanity of another. When you recognize that all of this is playing out as a manifestation of your own state of consciousness and being, at that point, you are finally empowered to bring forth the transformation and illumination that you came here to share. So why are we seeing what we're seeing in the world? Because we have been bypassing what we have to feel and experience within ourselves. Why are we struggling? Why are we, why are we suffering? Why are we experiencing what we're experiencing? Because we haven't dealt with the contents of our own unconscious. We haven't dealt with our own shadow. We haven't dealt with the parts of ourselves that we've rejected. So on a practical level, what does that mean? It means that when you, when you experience anger, when anger is triggered inside of you, nobody made you feel angry. You're being reminded of the anger that was present within you, that you've been repressing and suppressing your whole life. Same thing with the sadness, same thing with the fear, same thing with everything else. What we're experiencing is ours to feel and experience. The only reason why we suffer and struggle is because we believe in some way, shape or form that it means something about us, that we shouldn't be experiencing these things. But of course, no matter how much we resist, those feelings, those experiences, those thoughts and those beliefs don't go away. So how we transform is by having the courage to turn and face everything that we have been taught to reject about ourselves. And this is how we begin to access this peace that passes all understanding. Because when so you realize what does that, that look peace, like? So what it looks like is right now, let's say you're looking at the news and something in you gets activated around what's playing out. What it looks like is simply becoming aware of what you are feeling inside of you in relationship to what's happening outside. Okay. So let's uh, use the riots as an example, because a lot of people again, triggered left and right by that. How and... are the riots making you feel right now? That's right. I'm okay. asking you. Oh, me personally. Yeah. Uh, sad. Yeah. I think and, sad and, and not in a way that impacts me personally, but just sad for humanity that as we're coming out of this pandemic, rather than feeling grateful and expressing gratitude and love in the world and kindness, like you said, like a reawakening of like, wow, we were all just kind of like buried in a tomb for three months. And, and now there's this resurrection that we get to come out into immediately. We're coming out swinging because we have all this pent up you know, issues and feelings that you said haven't been addressed. So that makes me sad. And what's wrong with the sadness? For me, there's nothing. It's just uh -huh. a feeling. Beautiful. Yeah. See, so this is it. Once we begin to recognize that what we're experiencing is what we're meant to be feeling and experiencing, at that point, that creates the avenue for that sadness to move through us. And ultimately, mm -hmm. what happens is we begin to be restored to a state of harmony and flow. So what I've experienced personally in my own life is that whatever it is that we're unwilling to embrace becomes heavier and heavier inside of us. It becomes denser and denser. I agree so with For that example, completely. the frustration and the anger that we don't feel becomes rage. The sadness that we won't allow ourselves to experience, the tears we won't cry becomes depression. And fear just becomes so unmanageable and unworkable that we don't even know what we're afraid of anymore. Mm. Transformation happens at the level of feeling. It happens at the level of emotion. It doesn't happen at the level of the mind. And so when we look at transformation and we look at, okay, how do we evolve and how do we transform? We transform by welcoming the feelings that we have been taught to reject, that we have been taught to deny, that we have been taught to avoid. Because every feeling that is arising inside of us wants to move through us. It wants to be experienced. And so simply resting in the awareness of the breath, 
welcoming whatever there is inside of you creates an opening for that feeling and that emotion to be felt. And when you realize that who you are is loving awareness and you're simply just experiencing sadness, it becomes so much easier. When you realize that who you are is loving awareness and you're experiencing anger, it becomes so much easier. Why? Because at that point, your sadness and your anger and your fear has nothing to do with anyone else. You realize that it's all inside of you, that everything was inside of you. And so this is yours to transform. To, to clarify, because Panash, I hear what you're saying. I really do. And I, I have done a lot of inner work. Um, and I see a lot of people who haven't, right? And it's not one better than the other. It's just they're suffering more. And it, it, it could be avoided because I know mine was once I released it all. However, I did a lot, years of self-work, self-improvement uh, to the point that when I went into some of these self-improvement uh, workshops, retreats, classes, they immediately, the experts in the front of the room, identified me as a self-improvement junkie. It was the actual label they put on me. Mm. And I said, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with me always wanting to do better, be better, et cetera? And they said, well, Joseph, you just don't know how to be. Hmm. You're constantly addicted to what's the next thing to fix in you. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem onto itself. And, and what I've later come to realize was that, wow, I have a whole, well, I have a little control freak running inside of me mm -hmm. that needs to control everything in my life and make it look a certain way, have a certain meaning, et cetera. And doing all that self-work, even going in and saying, I can fix myself is a form of control freak. Mm -hmm. And where I experience the freedom, and I can't speak for anyone else, I can't speak for you or anyone listening, but where I experienced total freedom was when I finally surrendered my control to the only one who had control, real control, the God who created the entire universe and me. Because how can I fix me or something off in me or this, these volcanic feelings that keep coming up in me, how can I fix that when I didn't create me? I wasn't there at my birth and I created myself out of nothingness, but I do believe I have a heavenly father who did. And he's not just an energy or substance, but he has a personhood. That's why I have a relationship with him. And it's personal because there's two people. Mm -hmm. So when I learned to surrender it to him and say, father, I surrender to you my inner control freak. Mm. I surrender to you my anger. I surrender to you my need to control. I surrender to you. And I just went off listing, 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 and then saying, I don't want them anymore. I give you permission to remove them from me and use force if necessary. He answered. He did. I didn't have to go in and fix anymore. Because I couldn't find all the residue all in there from childhood trauma and all this other stuff. That takes a lifetime. And we still don't get it all. Let's be real. But man, I got free from it when I stopped trying to free myself from it. And I went to God. What, what shows up for you in that? I love what you're saying. First of all, first of all I love you. Uh, Thanks, buddy. For just sharing that. That was beautiful. And secondly, there's a couple of things I want to uh, address about what you just shared, because what you just shared was beautiful. When we take the alpha and the omega and we put them together, we get infinity. So what we're dealing with is an infinite presence that out of its compassion for us takes whatever form it needs to for us.
That's the first thing. And so I'm grateful for the fact that we as human beings have whatever avenue of relationship that we have with the divine. That's the first thing. Second thing is what you just said is exactly the mechanism through which we evolve into the fullness of who we are. How many of us have had a problem with a person or ourselves or a situation in our lives, and all of a sudden we surrender that problem, we let go of that problem with ourselves, we let go of that problem with another person, and boom, resolution comes into being. Why is that? Because when we realize that we can't solve a problem at the same level of consciousness at which it was created, all of a sudden, a higher power and a greater mystery that loves us begins to go to work on our behalf. And so surrender is the entry point into peace. And the ultimate form of surrender is to surrender yourself, is to surrender your humanity, your mind, your body, your emotions. Please use me. I'm ready to be used. And why is that so powerful? Because in that moment when you start to surrender and you begin to let go, you realize that your life is the excuse through which God is revealing itself to itself. That ultimately your life is the way through which the light and the love is making itself known in this world. And this is where it's so beautiful because in surrendering, your life stops being about you and it starts being about the bigger picture of what needs to happen. And this is where your will and God's will merge. <laughs> and at that point, that's when we get to this place of I and my father are one. Hmm. So Panache, now you know, and I know that you're using language that is probably agitating so many Judeo Christian uh, raised individuals who listen to my show. Mm -hmm. And even there's something inside of me that's like, oh, I need to correct you know, wanting to come out right now. And, and at the same time, I'm like, no, I need not control. I just need listen mm -hmm. and not make right or wrong about it, but give every person a choice in it. Now, I've been criticized by some listeners who write reviews and say, oh, Joseph, you're allowing heresy on your show. And no, I'm allowing different viewpoints on my show and different worldviews on my show. And what I do or aim to do is to find a commonality. I aim to find unity rather than difference because the world, we see what happens when we look for differences. It's not working. Unity works. God is one. God is unity. So the more I can try to unify, or we can try to unify BC Nation, the more we are acting as sons and daughters of God the Father, in my belief. Now, as Panache is saying some things that are just kind of rubbing you the wrong way, rather than make it wrong, the language and the words, and him calling God it, and an energy, and I'm calling God Father, you know, and a person, not taking the personhood out of God, but saying this is relational. It's not a relation with an inanimate object, but it's a relation with a being. I'm mating his image and likeness. So if I'm a person, guess what? There's also personhood there. Otherwise, I could not be a person. I would be in just an energy without this body and persona and right all this stuff. So BC Nation, I just encourage you, take the good out find the message here. Pray about it. Bring this to God. 
don't miss the point. Don't miss the message. Don't miss the love just because you're caught up on trying to control the language. Panache, you agree or disagree? I totally agree. And, and also if I'm rubbing anyone up the wrong way, good. I'm happy that I'm doing that. Because what we're doing is showing you where you have yet to love yourself and where you have yet to surrender to the will of God. Because there wasn't a single person that Jesus didn't love. There wasn't a single human being that his love did not extend to. So by virtue of the fact that you are somebody walking in Christ, by virtue of the fact that you are an extension of that in this world, it is your imperative to love all human beings because you are an extension of that lineage, of that truth, and of that light. And, and so, I just want to add, who mm -hmm. do we have to love first before ourselves. all others? Thank you. Yeah, ourselves. And that is what most of us are missing. Yes. And we try to go out and help others and save others and fix others before we go in and do the inner work on ourselves and invite yeah. God in to heal us and then build us up into what I call a spiritual reservoir that pours out into the world and those around us. Yeah. And I love this because actually, by virtue of the fact that you came from God, you already are a spiritual reservoir. It's just the programming and the conditioning that has you believing that the glass is half empty or the glass is half full. Yeah. I mean, I had dams blocking all the reservoirs. Yes. And the control piece is fascinating too, because the reason why we have control is because we're afraid of experiencing what's inside of us. So if we have anger inside of us or sadness inside of us or uncomfortable feelings that we don't want to feel, then this is where the control comes in. Because I hear the, that. Yeah. And it, you know, control, I also look at it uh, from biblical, right? Genesis. And when the enemy, the Adam and Eve, the original sin, and, and, and he says the temptation, how did he get us? How did he get mm -hmm. humanity? How did he get our, our mom and dad, you know, Adam and Eve? He said, you can be like gods. Mm -hmm. He's not a good father. You can't trust him. He's holding something back for himself. Mm. You could be like God's. Go take it. And, and to me, that innately now is in our human nature. Mm -hmm. That sense of I need to play God in my own life. And it causes all the stress, all the anxiety, all yeah. the worry in my life came from that need to control. <laughs> because you're trying to play God with a glass that's half empty. Exactly. Congratulations. Good luck with that. How's that working for you? It wasn't. BC Nation, I, I hope that you're connecting with Panash uh, and I. I'm speaking with Panash Desai. He's a, a spiritual leader. You can find him at panashdesai.com. His book is called You Are Enough. So if you don't believe you're enough, man, would you replay this show, please? And really listen to what he said, maybe one or two things I said. Because there's so much truth in this conversation. When you take down the walls, take down the, the make wrong, take down all the emotional baggage from childhood, the conditioning, the programming, and just believe that you are enough. Why? Because God said so. That's your answer. Because God said so. He says, I love you. You're enough. You are lovable because I made you and I am love. There yeah, is no other reason. This is beautiful. So this, so why is it then that we don't feel like we're enough? Because exactly. all of a sudden we have been conditioned to believe that our value is tied up inherently in what we produce. Boom. Performance. We, ha we have been conditioned to believe that we are units of production. Why? Because the more we produce, the more we can consume. The only problem is the better a producer you become, the more expensive your consumption is. It's a vicious cycle. Vicious. <laughs> There's no end of it. So, so how we step out of it is by surrendering 
our wants and needs to God. The, 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 the wisdom is in surrendering your life to God. And, and, and at this point in human history, we can all agree that there's some surrendering to God that needs to happen right now. Yeah, there's some surrendering clear. to God that needs to happen right now because, because all the other stuff that we've been doing hasn't really been working. It's not. Okay. So your value comes innately from the fact that God made you and God wasn't having a bad day when you were made. No, it right? was good, which means you are good. You were you made in perfection. Enough. You were made in perfection, right? So then please do God a favor and stop invalidating yourself. How about that? Let's just do that. Let's just not invalidate ourselves anymore. Why? Because apparently once you were made, the mold was broken. That means that in this infinite creation, there's only one of you. Hmm. There's only one of you. That means that you have a unique experience, a unique viewpoint, yes. a unique possibility and a unique opportunity to bring into this world. Right? And so then what's required? What's required is the willingness to understand and to know and to feel in your heart that your value and your worth comes from the fact that you were made by a being who is love itself. Who is love itself? This is the truth. This is how we set ourselves free. And not just us. This is how we set every single human being free from all of these mental limitations and constraints that we're using to undermine the truth right? If we want to call it a deception, we can call it a deception, whatever we want to call it. But there is nowhere that God isn't. There is nowhere that God isn't present. So at that point, all we need to do is say, you know what, in this moment, I'm here, and I'm ready, please use me, use my life. I get it. It's not about me. I get it. Use me, guide me, show me, lead me. BC Nation, what Panash and I are speaking about is what I coined as the surrender principle. Mm. That the more you fight for control in your life, the more you lose it. The more chaos, the more stress, the more unnecessary suffering, suffering you will have. So if you find yourself in that place, that dark place, just know that the answer is on the other side of surrender. And it's not the physical surrender like you do in battle or war that makes you feel weak or you're a loser, but it's spiritual surrender. Mm -hmm. right? It's the spiritual realm. It's letting go of all those emotions and giving God the emotion saying, God, I don't know how to handle this rage that just keeps welling up inside of me. It's too big for me. You take it. You're my dad. You love me. You take it. And he does because he is a good father and he does love us. So Panache, tell us more about your book. You are enough, um, not where to get it or anything like that, but specifically speak to my listener. Why should they get your book? Like what benefits can be the top three benefits they're going to get by reading your book? Because there's a lot of books out there and then there's a lot of woo woo spiritual books out there. And I really like how you're meeting me in the Judeo Christian language and I'm meeting you in the, the West coast, more spiritual language. And we're finding We're meeting somewhere in like, I don't know, Scottsdale or something, right? Jerusalem. <laughs> Jerusalem. There you go. So what are the top three benefits um, for one of my listeners right now to pick up your new book out there? I think the first major benefit for all of you is to know that you are loved beyond description, that you come from love and that you are here to express love in every moment through your life. That's the first major benefit. The second major benefit is getting off the hamster wheel of production and consumption 
and proving and striving and becoming and attaining and all of this energy that you are exerting unnecessarily. Why? Because you're already good enough for God. You're already good enough for God. On a planet of people that don't love themselves, how can they ever love you? On a planet of people that don't accept and approve of themselves, how can they ever accept and approve of you? So at some point, you have to demonstrate the wisdom to go to the source, to go to God, and to be blessed and anointed by that presence. Because that's the space through which we come into the fulfillment, we come into the expression, and we come into the revelation of the power that lives inside of us, which is infinite, by the way. And then thirdly, how about we start to live from a place of peace and we start to recognize that we have access to a peace inside of us that passes all understanding. And here's what I mean by that. I think the reason why so many human beings around the world have struggled to self-actualize is because they don't know what it feels like. The peace that I'm talking about is the foundational experience of who you are. When you think, move, and act from peace, you are thinking, moving, and acting from a place of complete alignment with God. Your life becomes a masterpiece. And so the more you can operate from this place of peace, the more you operate from an absence of need, and the more you are empowered to bring forth the fullness of your spirit into manifestation. Mm. Amen. Amen. We're, we're, exactly. We're, we're Bible quoting. We're we're spiritual woo wooing. We're we're finding it. Bottom line is this: we're seeking truth. Yeah. Right. We're seeking truth, and truth will always lead you home. It will only always lead you to God, real yeah. truth. Right. And there is absolute truth out there. Right. It's not your truth, my truth. There's absolute truth that, regardless of what I believe or not, it's still yeah. truth. It's still real, just like gravity is a truth <laughs> that regardless if I believe it or not, I jump off a building, guess what that's, you know? So we're speaking with Panash Desai. You can find him at panashdesai.com. He's come on here courageously to a show called Broken Catholic. And he's sharing and he's meeting us right where we are. He's accepting, right? And he's not making wrong. And I love that about him. And Panash, I love you. Thank you. I, I love you. I really do, man. I really like what you stand for because you stand for love. And I stand for God. And God is love. So we're brothers. And there you That's have fine. it. All right. So welcome to my favorite part of the show. Panash, welcome to the confession round. Okay. This, this is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. What's your favorite thing about God? Oh, that's so hard. You know, when Oprah asked me to describe God, I couldn't put a label on it because God is everything. So how do I, how do I even answer that? I don't know. What's your favorite thing about him as far as relationship with him? Favorite thing about God for me is that love that I feel in my heart when I acknowledge the truth about who I am and what this life is about. Got it. What's your least favorite thing about God? I don't have a least favorite thing about God. If you did, in I'm your humanity, in your humanity, sometimes yeah. we don't like the way he operates. Well, I love the way God operates. The, the thing that I sometimes have a hard time with is, is how we have pigeonholed God and oh. the divine. Thank like you. That to me is, is the, the part. Man, you and I can keep going on this. Like what you just said nails it. Why is the world so jacked up right now? A little bit, right? I know we're coming into our enlightenment. I got it. I, I'm clear. But we 
try and with our little control freaks, we try to make God into our image and likeness rather than realizing we're made in his image and likeness. Mm -hmm. Again, playing God. We try to make him small and finite because we're small and finite rather than him raising us up to who we are. All right. What did you spend way too much time doing in your twenties? Going out, partying, DJing, having fun, being in music. Got it. What secret fear do you have about people? The fear that I have about people is that they may not be able to overcome their limitations. Mm. I share that. I believe we're all struggling with something at any moment of our lives. What are you struggling with right now, personally or professionally? I struggle with the fact that we have yet to see divinity in each other. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me that we can't see love and God in each other. That's the mm. only thing I've ever struggled with. Mm. You know, it's so difficult to see God in, the, in someone coming at you with a knife, right? Or, or attacking you, verbally abusing you. It's so difficult to see God in them. But, but if we bring surrender to that moment, and yeah. that's the moment that we're meant to, meant to exit the planet, then so be it. I mean, even Mahatma Gandhi, when he was shot by this activist, said, God bless you before he died. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. All right. So what do you wish you had learned sooner about God? That God loves us completely and totally just the way we are. It's just a secret. Don't tell anyone. That's Don't the, tell that's, anyone. That's it right no there. No need to perform well. You can perform crappy. Still loved. What's a new habit you want to uh, form? I think the new habit for me is just being on purpose all the time from this space of love and connection because I'm realizing that we have an amazing opportunity right now to bring the world together. I agree with you. What uh, new habit, uh, what habit do you want to break? The habit of doubting that my humanity is in some way flawed or mm. incomplete. Yeah. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Love, joy, peace. Boom. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your life and you spiritually surrender to him. Insecure, skeptical, fearful. Mm. So true. And last question, if you could come back to life, Panache, after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about everything, about life, eternity, all of it, what would you say to them? You've got this. <laughs> You've got this. <laughs> Simple. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God, the loving God that we're talking about versus not? Having a relationship with God is the most important relationship in your life because you realize that that relationship becomes the basis for every other relationship. It so really does. However you pray, however you, however you worship, however you reach that place of devotion in yourself, recognize that that is the balm that the world needs now. Mm, that is, there's so much truth in what you just said. I just scanned my whole life, my whole past. And I looked at any time in my life I had uh, broken relationships relationships that weren't working. It was always uh, a time in my life when my relationship with God wasn't working. It, always. It, it was the source. I wasn't connected to the source. Mm -hmm. What's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you? If uh, so you, can, you can just visit the website, which is panashtasai.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. 
I'm on Twitter. So you can look for me. It's, it's panashedesai.com. Panash, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, my friend. I love you, brother. Thank you so much for sharing who you are with the world. And I'm so grateful for you. Cheers. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.